Hey everybody, I'm John Gould. And I'm Nagin Muscati, and this is This Real Estate Life, the official podcast of the Baird and Warner Lincoln Park office. We have so many amazing real estate agents in our office, each with their own unique gifts and personalities, and we really just wanted to create a podcast where you can celebrate those individuals and learn a little bit about real estate along the way. Yeah, so whether you're a real estate agent yourself or just curious to learn more about what we do every day, this is the podcast for you. So thanks for joining us and we hope you love the journey. Woohoo! Welcome to This Real Estate Life, the Baird and Warner Lincoln Park podcast where we highlight and showcase the different gifts and talents our agents bring to the table. Today's guest is one of my favorite people, one of the most eccentric, wonderful, amazing women I've ever met, Bonnie Briskin. Woo! Eccentric. That's in a good way. I don't know. That's the first, but I'm okay. I'm okay with any of it. Believe me. I'd embrace it. Embrace I'm it. Embrace, I just embrace it all. <laughs> Bonnie, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you coming on. And I think it's fair to speak for John as well when I say we were very much looking forward to this episode and getting a chance to speak with you. Well, I'm initially I was passing, but now I've decided I have so much to offer. So why wouldn't I? <laughs> Dang right. Are you sure John didn't strong arm you into doing this episode with us? Maybe he definitely did. He definitely <laughs> did. Um, but well, you here do. I am. I want to just spread my joy and grace to all who have, who decide they'd like to listen. Which I'm sure is going to be a lot of agents. And that's exactly what we wanted to have you on for, to spread your joy and your grace. You're just such a bright uh, personality in our office. Um, and, and as you said yourself, you do have a lot to offer. I know you were you were being sarcastic with that, but you really do. You have an extensive history in real estate. Um, you had a great career in wealth management before that. You've been a longtime resident of the city of Chicago. Both your daughters went to CPS schools. You have so much knowledge, so much experience. Uh, all your testimonials just speak to the wonderful person that you really, really are, um, in addition to being an amazing real estate professional. So we just are very much looking forward for uh, our chance to learn from you today. Well, that is so nice. You clearly read my bio. Um, <laughs> Maybe a little bit, a little bit, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> so I can address a lot of those things. Do you, are you going to ask me questions or do you just want me yeah. to bring? Well, the first question is... Well, basically, tell us your life story. What made you decide to start in real estate from birth to now? What has your career been about? All right. Well, the truth is, and I'm embarrassed to say, I knew nothing about real estate, but I knew everything about wealth management. I was in finance for most of my life. Um, and then one day I woke up spread eagle on my bed and I said, I am not doing this anymore. <laughs> I just, I had to be smart. I had to read every night. I, I, it was just too much for me after all those, all those years. So, but you know, the bottom line is sales is sales is sales. And like anything else, it's like, who do you know? And what do you know? And I knew a family who had, you know, was selling real estate and they'd been asking me for years to kind of join them. And it was like, I don't know anything about real estate. And then I realized that it was just all about sales. And the truth is it's a parallel world to, in terms of the economy. So the real estate thing really mimics what investments, the Dow average, so to speak, does. Um, sure. Everything is cyclical. Uh, so when you know the market is down, real estate has those same downs, market goes up, real estate has those same ups. Um, so it's, it's just a parallel world and I can function um, in it, I don't, I didn't enjoy um, the stock market when it was flying, um, just like I didn't get into real estate when it was like flying. Um, right. So I learned how to function in basically a sideways market in investments and a sideways market in real estate. Because the truth is, as everybody talks about, oh, the market's quiet, the market's this, it's this. The truth is, is that there's always somebody moving, right. unfortunately getting divorced or dying. So when people talk about the holidays, things slow down. Well, it does slow down, but it still exists. And so I think the one thing you never know is somebody else's motivation. 
and right. why do they need to buy or sell? Um, is it a life-altering event? So, you know, that's how I function, you know, just, and also, by the way, I live my life glasses half full. So otherwise I probably couldn't get my head off the pillow in the morning. So I am always enthusiastic. And if anybody asks me, how's my day? It's always great, regardless of whether it's not. Um, so is that enough about no, that's how I got into this? So like, when, when was that? Um, well, I've been doing this for maybe 15 years, but you know, I've been around for a while, so I haven't been doing this as long as I was doing that, but I'm closely approaching. Um, but I grew up in New England. Um, my whole life was New England. And then I moved to Chicago um, when I got married and I raised wonderful, healthy city kids who did go to public school. Um, they started in private school and then I realized like, what am I thinking? You know, it wasn't like that was the best option for them. Um, but they went to great public schools, met great kids. Uh, and, you know, I was just very proud and involved and, you know, real estate just kind of happened when I decided that yeah. finance was no longer it. So when you started your real estate business, how did you grow it? How did you find clients? What was your, what were your tips and tricks? Um, okay. I don't know if they're tips and tricks, but this is how I started. Um, I had moved to Chicago knowing no one. You know, I remember going to Earth Day or something and there were like 20,000 people in Lincoln Park. And I looked around and I thought, I know no one. I mean, <laughs> I know no one. And then I got to the point where it's like, all right, I know too many people. So I just started to discard people. Um, but also throughout those years and throughout my travels, I started meeting so many people. And I realized when I changed careers, I still was doing the investments, even though I lived here, my clients in the investment business were still on the East Coast. Right. So it was, all, it, I was almost remote way back when. Um, but then when I got here, I started meeting people. And then I realized that most of the people I met had 10 friends who were agents. And I wasn't trained sure. at the time. I didn't know very much. So I thought, all right, well, A, they're not going to do business with me. And B, I really don't want to do business with them. So I started off doing open houses. And that is actually, that's my jam. <laughs> um, do I love it? No. Do I do it? Yes. And do I do it joyfully? Yes. But I am very um, specific about where I will do an open house. Uh, I make sure in my mind, you know, I mean, it's not really fair for me to say to an agent, you know, okay, so what's the traffic and how many people do you think are going to come in? Sure. And, you know, what are my chances of picking up clients? So I'm strategic in my own brain in terms of where I think there will be activity. Not always right. And, you know, sitting open houses many times feels like you're doing time because again, yeah. there are hours you're never getting back. Right. Um, and did you bring enough reading material and enough other stuff to keep yourself busy? But if somebody comes in and I'm always so excited because in my mind right away, I'm going, okay, somebody's coming in the door. It's going to make it go much faster. Yeah. Um, and, and when I greet people, I mean, the truth is I stay in the same spot. You know, it's not like I go, I show them the garage or I show them the storage unit. Right. It's like I'm on, in one, on one floor and I invite everybody to come back with their agent if they want to see more. Um, so I'm, I'm really strategic about where I do them. And, you know, if I find a great place, and it hasn't gone under contract, I'll keep doing it there if the other agent is okay. And sometimes I prefer doing other people's open houses rather than doing my own because mine may not be as strategic. Sure. So like, how did you, you, after you, Nagin. Sorry, John, <laughs> how did you decide, like, how do you decide what is gonna be a quote unquote good open house? Like what's the criteria that you evaluate when picking a property to set? Well, I think location is usually the number one. Okay. Um, I happen not to be, I try not to do any in high rises 
And I think that's a general consensus. You know, some of them are far more restricting. Do you have to sit in the lobby and then do you have to ride the elevator? Um, so I tend not to do, um, and, and the other thing, I don't really do top floors. I have friends who are with other, you know, brokerages and they say, well, how do you do that? I mean, how would you do, why would you do a top floor, um, you know, in a building where you have no idea who's coming up the stairs? Well, the truth is I don't do them. You know, I choose where, and you know what, I, you know, I think that I'm strategic in terms of the location, but it doesn't always play out that way. I mean, I could sit there and have nobody come in the door. Right. Uh, and I think we all experience that. Um, and you just count the minutes until your time is up and can't wait to leave and not doing that one again. So, so when you do get people at your open house, um, like what do you do to hook them? What do you do to like set yourself apart at an open house? To I suck people in so unmercifully. <laughs> like, it's like, they probably can't wait to get out. <laughs> No, I, I'm a tick. I just <laughs> I, grip, I grip them and I don't let them go. But you know what? First of all, I happen to be again because I'm a mother, but maybe not. But if there's a kid or a baby or something, I am like all over that, yeah. which always makes these parents happy. Um, you know, lately I've been giving out candy or Garrett's popcorn. So when somebody comes in with a little kid, it's like, oh my God, have I got a gift for you? That's or if I got something that's going to make you happy. And then I ask, is it okay if I do that? And so right away, they think that, all right, so she's menschy, you know, she's a little bit of a mensch. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, the first thing I say also when they come in the door is, okay. And I, I think I've told you this, John, I use it all the time. I'm always afraid that if somebody walks in and somebody behind, they're going to hear the same thing. But I always say like full disclosure, not my listing. I'm doing it for a friend. So any disparaging remarks, I will not be offended. <laughs> and they always, I mean, it's that in itself is somewhat disarming. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So when I say that, I always get a chuckle of some sort, um, but I always get feedback too. Um, so I hook them in terms of, you know, I always, I know people, and this is something I'll, I'll mention in a few minutes. Um, I, I'm an old fashioned, I, you know, write it down, you know, do you mind signing in for me? Um, and as they walk around, they come back, I, you know, are you working with someone? And they, you know, may or may not. And if they are, I like hands off. And if they're not, I hand them my business card and I'd love to be in touch. Um, I, many times as they walk through, I make sure I can read their email address. Um, yeah. And I might say to them, um, I'd love to follow up with you. Is, can I read your, you know, it's like, can I read your address? <laughs> did you write it so I could read it or did you purposely write it so I couldn't read it? Um, yeah, that so happens. A lot. It happens a lot. Um, and then I try really hard to follow up. I mean, I'm in, I am an expert in cutting and pasting. Um, I will send the same menschy kind of, um, you know, follow up. Um, email to a million people, just changing the names, the address, and maybe adding something, you know, that might be like somebody came in with them, uh, they were adopting a new dog, and I said something about their new dog, because I remembered. So it, it just makes it a little bit more personable. So I think when they come in, it's like, you know, it's just, I'm happy for them to walk in the door, anybody. It's like, I don't tell them that, but it's like, you know, that's how I feel. So, uh, you know what, my follow-up is good, not great. Um, for newer agents, I do believe, and John, you in particular, and Nagin also, um, my shortcoming is truly, what do you think I'm gonna say, John? Social media. I mean, yeah. I can do, yes, I can do, ask John a question trying, and take it <laughs> because my questions are 10 second answers. <laughs> So it doesn't take time out of his day, really whereas true. somebody else may ask a little bit more complex um, and it may take more time out of his day. But I love your question. Is, you love my question. Love <laughs> the truth is, though, I think for people that are getting started, um, if I were starting now, I would do social media up the wazoo. 
I mean, I would do everything. I keep thinking that I would even, if I were starting out in a career, I would like do a blog or I would do a lifestyle something um, because the people that I do follow, the influencers are so freaking annoying that I keep feeling, well, somebody else would find me annoying, I'm sure. But some of them are like, oh my God, it's like get a life. Um, So I think that it was (laughs) just engaging people uh, in a way that's not offensive, that is much Mm -hmm. more attractive. Absolutely. I mean, Bonnie, you still, you can start a blog if you want to. I just don't think I have it in me now, but I do think I had it in me then. You know, I I mean, because now I'm just not as focused as I was at once upon a time. Um, You know, I went from one successful career to another. Do I say successful? You say (laughs) successful. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on my second career. Um, which I guess is not bad for, you know, some people have four or five. Um, you know, I keep myself busy doing other things when I'm not doing real estate. But when Steve Barry comes on and goes, take time, just make sure that you just take time for yourself. And I'm trying to figure out what that actually means. Um, <laughs> you know, um, the other thing is, is that I always came into the office until we... Um, the office was being rehabbed and we all worked out of that little tiny office on diversity. And it was just, you know, like essentially 200 people in a small space. And that's when I first went home long before, you know, remote was in fashion. And it was honestly like I died and went to heaven. I talk loud. I talk with my hands. So when I'm on the phone, I'm like all over the place. Whereas when I'm in the office, I could never like really be myself um so that's been really healthy for me just in terms of remote it's like now it's like welcome to my world for the Uh, record you can come in and be yourself bonnie i really i still talk too loud and i still talk with my hands and if i didn't have tape over my camera you would see me talking with my hands (laughs) and i am talking loud so that is that's me it's all good yeah so that's me. Okay. So what else do you want to know? Have I covered everything? Yeah, we're done. No. <laughs> I, have more questions. I have more questions about open open house related. Yeah. What advice would you give to a new agent who um um re or what am I trying to say? Engaging with people in the way you do with an open house doesn't come naturally to them, but they know that open houses are important. What advice would you give to a new agent who's not really great at just like meeting people where they are? Does that make sense? Well, it makes sense, but you're asking someone to have a personality change. You know, if they, you know, if they're not engaging, they're not going to be engaging when they do an open house. I think in that case, you just have to do as many as you can. It's like, you know, if you throw enough stuff against the wall, some of it's going to stick. And when I first started, I actually, I was asked me about how miserable I did two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Now I'm down to maybe one and one, but I was like all the time I was doing open houses. Uh, And I think you just have to really be engaging. Um, I will tell you, um, I did, I was doing an open house and somebody was sitting with me who was new. Uh, Do you remember that, Nagin? Somebody came and and shadowed me. Um, Yeah, just a few months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am telling you that if anybody got a sense of how to do an open house, it was like fair game because it was activity and he saw me engaging with people, you know, it, and it's making conversation. It doesn't necessarily mean real estate. I mean, somebody can walk yeah. in and go, oh my God, what a gorgeous day. Or, you know what, I'm a big one if you're if I'm at street level and I see somebody hesitate in front I'm like out there telling them to come in, (laughs) you know, listen, you may or may not be buying, but I mean, come on in take a look. You're curious. Why not? So, I mean, I really kind of go maybe the extreme. I mean, I probably annoy a lot of people, but just the same. It's like my attitude is getting them in the door. Uh, But I will tell you, if you were to go back through my business, all I've done, I would tell you that probably 90% 90% of my business is open houses. Um, and the 10% that isn't 
is probably are referrals from people who I met through open houses. Sure. So and Bonnie, I don't there's nothing annoying about being personable and wanting to talk to people. If anything, like if I walked into your open house, like I know that I would feel comfortable because you're so good at disarming people. And even that comment you shared earlier about letting people know right away that you're not the listing broker and giving them that freedom and that space to like put their guard down, breathe and be themselves there. Like that is in itself welcoming. There's nothing annoying about that. And to be able I think to engage that's in true. I, do I think, think that's great. Yeah, I do think that that's true. And I do think that, that, that it is disarming. Um, and I do think that people, their guard does go down because I'm basically saying, I'm not asking for anything, you know, just, you yeah. can give me your yeah. feedback. I'll share it with the seller, but, um, yeah. And that's all I can care about it. And I will tell you that when I see people on the street, if they're hesitating in front and I call them in, I have a whole conversation about why they hesitated in front of, you know, on the street, you should just come in knock on the door. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I usually have the door open. I, I really do try and make it as inviting as I can. I'm not the expert. I do what's comfortable for me. Uh, I really, and I really do know what my limitations are. It's not like I talk like the entire time they're there. I just keep talking, talking, talking. Although I probably (laughs) would want to, you know, I said to you, John, it's like, you know, if a wall could answer me, I'd be talking to a wall all day. (laughs) But I understand what my limitations really are. And um, yeah, and I want, I do want them to see the property, whether I can sell it or not. I mean, my bottom line is just picking up clients. Right. Right. I think that's important too, like just understanding like the basics of a social interaction. And it doesn't mean you've got to sit there and talk at people the whole time. (laughs) Recognizing when to stop talking and, and let them go is also just a really important part to get them to feel comfortable and trust you. Right. And you know, and it's also nice if they are willing to give feedback. You know, yeah. and not even because the listing agent may want to know, but I kind of want to know, like, what are people really looking for? You know, why is it? Who's being technical and who's being, you know, emotional? So it's it's just very interesting to me to see what other people's motivation is, which which you don't know. Their motivation for looking is different than their motivation for selling. You Absolutely. know, they could be different stages in life. Right. But I do always ask, you know what, I think it is disarming because I do ask, especially, I don't like seek them out if they walk in with no kids, I don't start like, so do you have any children and you know, how old are they? But I might say, if there is a child and I give them a treat or something and they are of school age, it's like, well, where do they go to school? Um, I am a little bit, I am, I've made myself a little bit better versed in terms of CPS. Again, because my kids um, went to CPS and because there are a lot of, you know, like healthy stories about public school in Chicago. My kids did go to selective enrollment. You know, I think that's an option, but you know what? There are enough kids that are going to be coming through all of these elementary schools and do they have enough high school? So I think you're going to start seeing more high schools that are going to be maybe not selective enrollment, but certainly desirable. And it takes a parent population to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective too, because like you mentioned, especially for those buyers or people who are selling and buying maybe to get into a specific school boundary, like schools within the city itself are a really important part of the conversation. They, they absolutely are. They absolutely are. Um, you know, I was doing an open house in Lincoln Park and I had, and it was an expensive house and I had people coming in who clearly weren't qualified to buy in that particular, right. buy that particular house in that particular neighborhood. And yet they weren't really, um, they hadn't been exposed to other neighborhoods. I have one client now who I met, Darling, they have a one-year-old. I mean, I take them out like on a field trip. You know, I realized I took her out. They were, we were all going to go out and then the baby got sick. So I just took her out. And then last weekend I took the two of them out. They don't know anything about like North Center, Lincoln Square. You know, they don't, they didn't know. And you know what, what was I doing? There was no reason why I couldn't just put them in the car, 
we did like a Chicago tour, which I'm famous for. Um, <laughs> but, but we also went in and out of houses because I made it clear to them that when the time is right, and it will be, um, they need to know what style do they like? What finishes do they like? What, you know, what are their deal breakers? You know, I mean, that kind of thing. So for me, was I getting any immediate business? No, but will I? Yes. Um, and we'll like, really you know, wild. I used to say this about um, in the investment world, you know, I would treat like the thousand dollar buyer, like the million dollar buyer, because I always said, you never know if somebody's going to get on the elevator, run into a friend who all of a sudden just inherited like a mega millions, you know, and need an investment. Same thing yeah. with, you know, real estate. If you find somebody who needs like a $250,000 house, but their best friend is looking for a $2 million house. Hey. Why not? It hasn't happened yet, by the way. Um, but and there's no reason that that thousand dollar buyer wouldn't be a million dollar buyer no, down the road. I am holding out for that. But so I'm kind of amenable to it. You know, when you think about it, I took these kids out. Um, I think we saw six houses um, and and a tour. So it may have been, you know, like two and a half, three hours out of my day. So. You know, will it come back to me? I do believe it will. You know, I follow up with them. How was it? I hope it was everything that you imagined, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it also gave me a feel of what they would be looking at when they are ready. And they're also, I mean, they're looking over a million. They're just not able to look over 2 million. Um, sure. So it, it was good in that respect. How did John and I get invited to one of these Chicago tours. Yeah, I want to go on the Chicago oh, tour. Oh, I know. I don't know. I just, but you know what? The thing that's so funny is because they were darling and I followed up with them. And I think there's also something where some of them have like this affinity, like right away they know we're going to do business with her. You know, like, yeah. I like her. I'm going to do business with her. And I want her to take me around. So, you know, I like get in my car and let's go. So Mommy, I love that. Like what a smart way to build a relationship oh, yeah. too. And that gives you a chance that this is a two-way street, right? We are trying to get people to want to work with us, but we also are interviewing them at the same time. So that gives you yeah. both a chance to get to know each other and see, is this going to actually be a good fit? Absolutely. Um, I think that's so smart. I really do want to hop on that tour though. So whether it's wine or snacks no, or whatever really you want. It. Oh, I always have, I, I don't really do the wine thing because I don't want them to accuse me of driving under the influence. Even though I do say to them, you cannot criticize my driving. I am going to get you where we're going safely. You know, my, <laughs> and that's about I, I mean, my kids think I've never driven before. Um, you know, get in the car with me and it's like, what are you doing? Well, one of them has road rage, so, you know, she's got her own thing, but I say to these clients, you know what, I'm going to get you where we're going and we're going to get there safely. Don't criticize. And they're very good about it. I only, I only hear them hold their breath once or twice. This is just sounding better and better, honestly. So give us a day and we're there. Yeah. I'm going to show up at your house tomorrow for a Chicago tour. Yeah, really. Okay. No, I'm off this weekend. Don't forget. It's a holiday, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm driving to New Orleans. With oh, my, fun. 13-year-old Dexter, my lab shepherd. Who oh, that'd be see. nice. I'm He's going to the Dominican Republic, baby. Yeah, well, yeah. that kind of beats New Orleans, to be honest with you. New Orleans is pretty great. No, it's pretty great. I have, I like, it's a second home for me. I'm actually, I'm actually in my perfect world. I, I say to my clients, you should be wishing me out of town because if <laughs> I go out of town, something happens. That's so, true. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I, and, and I say, I never know who it's going to be, but it's imminent the second I'm like away. So I've got my fingers crossed that yeah. it's still going to be that way. So we'll see. I believe you. I'm. Thank you, precious. Well, that'll be a wonderful <laughs> trip. What? Bonnie, so. Oh, go, go for it, Nagin. Oh, no, my apologies, John. Man, that's twice in one episode I've interrupted you already. Okay. Um, I feel like we we're going to have the same question, though, for Bonnie. So when it comes to like a business planning perspective every year, because open houses are so much of your lead generation, you know, do you 
stick to like a similar plan? Do you make adjustments? Do your goals change over time? Could you tell us a little bit about like how you plan for the next year? I am, forgive me, but totally the wrong person to ask about business plans. <laughs> so, you know, my, That's business, okay. my business plan is probably in my head. And, you know, I do meet with David regularly because I think he's the best. And he knows me well enough to know that I could never put it on paper. But when I walk in, he knows that I've got like a cheat sheet of everything that I need to discuss. But in terms of numbers, you know, all I hope is that I'll do better next year than I did this year, you know, better the year after than I did ne next year. So it's like, I'm just hoping to improve. Um, I may refine what I'm doing, but I really don't, I'm not smart enough to do things differently. You know, that's why I say if I were focused and really could do social media, I may do it. But I'm like so ADD, I couldn't even sit in a meeting and not like lose myself. It's like I'm just all over. Um, so that's why I, I don't know that I could do social media, but I would certainly encourage anybody like John and you, um, I would just encourage you to cultivate it, um, spend that kind of money but there's certainly ways to cultivate it. And I still remember, now this spoke to me and I've told this to John as well, but there was, I, I'm not sure, but it was somebody in California who was doing an open house and she walked into the house and jumped into the pool. You Do you remember that one, Nagin? It was you a video? To, yeah. Yes, I know what I was talking about. I honestly loved it. And she jumped in in her clothes and just, and I thought, oh my God, that is so great. And I'm still talking about it. And you both remembered it. I so, do. I remember it because you told me. You, you oh, told because me maybe you didn't time. see it. But I saw it and I thought it was just great. I'm going to look for it and send it to you so that you can see it. But, you know, it was just the novel of it. Do I think everybody should jump in a swimming pool? No, but it was very, very clever. And it was very well done. And if people, um, you know, that are starting out can be clever, and can figure out how to really manifest social media, um, I think they're ahead of the game. Um, you know, I think that, but there are ways to do it, and I don't know what those ways are, where I think you can be strategic and not be annoying, because I think it can be annoying. Everybody wants to do it. Everybody wants to do it. So you have to figure out what is going to be the most effective um, I think like Matt Thomas is, he does a lot of social media and right. I think that he's very effective and I think that he's probably worth um, following uh, as opposed to me worth following. You can take, take my <laughs> words and you know run with them and then that's it, not look back, but he's smart. <laughs> he's smarter. Um, yeah, but I, I think it's a way to go. I mean, I think the same thing would have been true if I were doing investments just in terms of reaching people and just talking about, you know, how cyclical the market is and how you can't really time it. So you have to really kind of just expect that it's going to be up and it's going to be down. You're not going to look for the bottom. So you're not buying your house at the very bottom. Even in the investment business, it was like, if you buy it 20% off the bottom, you still have 80% to go to, before it reaches the top. You're not going to sell it at the top either. You know, yeah. so it's like these things that people think that they can be brilliant. I'll buy at the bottom, I'll buy a house when the market is really tanking and I'm going to sell it when the market is really going, you know, flamboyant. Well, you know what? It just doesn't happen that way. And I think that now we don't see as many people flipping houses as we once did because the market is kind of telling us that it's not as easy to make money. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's a lot of good advice. And if I'm... If I may, Bonnie, too, I'm I'm glad I did ask you about business planning because I think the fact that you don't maybe follow a traditional model of like filling out a big business planning worksheet and all of that, that's okay too. And I think it's a good testament to how you have a system though. Like you meet with David regularly, you have those conversations, you know what's working for your business, you keep doing those same activities. It's a lot of open houses. And you do have some form of a goal, even if it's a little looser of like wanting to at least do what you did the year before, if not grow on that a little bit. Um, so you do have a business plan that might just not be. Well, and you know what though? I, and I, I don't think I, it's not a bad thing. You no. know, it just doesn't work for me. Right. Um, 
But you know what, my the strategy is, I mean, these meetings that I have with David are always strategy. Like what's the best next thing to do? Um, it's not like what's the best thing, the next best thing to do to reach this number. It's like, what's the next best thing? Um, yeah, I mean, I think if people can do a business plan and stick to it, then that's probably, you know, great for them. It just yeah. doesn't work for me. No, well, that's a testament to how everyone's different and there's no right or wrong way to run a real estate business. And that's one of the cool things Correct. about this about this industry. I think why we have so much diversity and personalities and, uh, and personality styles too. Yeah, and that I believe is true. All right. Well, what is one real estate transaction that stuck out to you the most in your tenure? Oh, I, that was interesting because again, you know, these people all started out as strangers, you know, right. it's not like they started off as best friends. I have some war stories, you know, people who I hope never to hear from again, but other people who, you know, I want them to be my best friend. Um, do I, I don't know that I have. Nikki, do you have one of those? Like one that stuck out, John, you're a little bit, you're still, you'll have yours. Hey, no, just kidding. <laughs> I, have a, I, I have a couple. Um, I definitely can remember the worst ones. And I have a couple of good ones that stood out, but only because they had such an emotional impact on me. That's why I really remember them. Yeah. I mean, I can remember a lot of really good ones and I do remember some bad ones. And Honestly, you the bad know, ones are more fun to hear about. I just don't like to ask that question because it feels wait, like, the bad ones. Yeah, I love to talk about the bad ones. Well, the bad ones, they're just they're annoying and you never do anything right. And they absolutely know more than we do. You know, I mean, the client who knows more than we do. And if you know, at some point you just kind of put your arms up and go, okay, so you're the you're brilliant and I'm just working for you. Have you ever fired someone, Bonnie? No, but I've been very, you know, have I ever fired somebody? It's so funny because I have a couple of clients who I've lit, who I have been with forever. And I always think to myself, if I didn't like them so much, I would fire them. Yeah. Um, and I have, <laughs> I have quite a few of those. And I have somebody who actually wrote a testament not too long ago, um, who basically said, I'm shocked that she didn't fire us. You know, I mean, everything, <laughs> really? everything was about will dining room table fit? Will the headboard fit? Mm -hmm. um, you know, in those, they tell you, do not do that. You know, don't yeah. buy a house around your dining table. But these clients did. We probably looked at 150 properties. And if I didn't like them so much, I might have fired them. Um, so I do have those people. Uh, but I don't know that I've... I don't know if it's gotten to the place where I've had to fire them. Um, and you know what? I haven't been fired very often. I mean, I've been fired not very often, um, but I've been fired just like, I think it's kind of, we all have and we all will. And you know, that too is just part of the business. You know, at some point they just think, you know, it just, it just doesn't feel right. And how do you and handle okay that, that when that happens? As a new agent who's going to have that happen someday, hopefully not for a while, how do you handle that? Um, you know, with difficulty, how it happened just not that long ago. Just, I told you about that, you know, yeah. like just a couple of weeks ago, I had a mother-in-law come in and she said, you know, my kids are going to be looking in the spring. And right. you know, when they started looking, I, you know, I called and went to see a property and I didn't make myself as available as they wanted me to immediately. Um, so that was gonna be, would have been a difficult relationship. Like they said on a Wednesday, we want a tour on Saturday. And I was already committed on Saturday, but what I should have said to them is, well, I can't do it Saturday from blah, 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 to blah, 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 but how about two to four or something like that? Um, not that that would have worked, but they probably would have been difficult. And so before it got to that, she sent me an email and said, you know, I don't think that we're a good fit. But then the mother-in-law followed up and said, I will keep your name and, you know, follow up with uh, whenever I hear somebody who is looking. So it was like, all right. So she was probably a princess and didn't really want to deal with me, the queen. Didn't want to deal with the queen. 
(laughs) (laughs) I love it. Bonnie, you know what though? Like, I'm sure you'd agree because you've done this for a while. Like, I feel like you get to a point where now when you meet people pretty early on, you're going to be able to tell if it's going to be challenging or not. Yeah. Those situations, whether they're the ones that fire you or you fire them, like it all works out the way that it should. I I agree. I honestly, I agree. I really do. Um, but I think a big thing, a big factor, the more I think about it is when they think that they know so much, they know so much more. And, you know, I tell everybody, and this is something to me is really kind of important. Um, when I do, you know, kind of hook somebody in, I talk about my village and my village is, um, always includes my inspector, my lender, my attorney, um, you know, and I say to people, you know what, until they piss me off or one of my clients, then, then they're dead to me. But in the meantime, they are, they have your best interest at heart and there's no reason like, you know, and you'll go through this, but you know, when my kids were babies and everybody said, did you interview pediatricians? It was like, well, I didn't because I didn't have time, but there are people whose judgment I value. And those are the people that I would, you know, talk to. Um, same thing with, I, I expect that people, I mean, I value the relationship I have with the attorney that I use and my clients always love her. Same thing with lender, inspector. Um, it's like the known versus the unknown. And as soon as they tell me that they have a lender attorney or an inspector, I think, oh, trouble. <laughs> I, know I know it's a little narrow-minded, but, you know, no. I have my village, my perfect it's- village. And it's not narrow. It's people. not narrow-minded. Yeah, right. I have been known to fire people in my village. Yeah, because they get them out. My tolerance is my tolerance is greater than my clients. So yeah. they yeah. if they really um, upset a client early on, if I'm unaware of it, that's still enough for me to say nope, it's not going to work. Right. Um, yeah. But now I have like my village and. They're good until they are not. Well, and that impacts your business too. Like just thinking about it from a business perspective, like the, your village, those people you refer out, if they make your clients unhappy, do you think you're going to get as many referrals? No, probably not. So yeah. that, that does matter for the whole overall experience. And it comes back to you. It absolutely does. But the thing that's most important, and I think people need to understand this, is that you need to deal with those professionals. First of all, your clients are their clients, but you need to deal with those people who you trust implicitly, who you know will respect deadlines for extensions, who you know will, you know, I don't deal with an inspector who's a deal breaker. Um, He tells you as he sees it. He walks in, he tells you as he sees it. You know, he's not there to break the deal. If there's something that will break the deal, that wasn't his his job. He was seeing it as he saw it. And sure. that's important to me too. Um, and you know, it's same thing with lenders. I mean, we all have our own lenders, and you know, until they piss you off, you'll continue to deal with them, and that's fine. Um, but that's that's so important to me, and I think it's important for younger, newer agents to establish that kind of village. So that it's predictable, you know, it's who you deal with, you know, them, you know, how they work. I mean, I just had a client, we just, we just sold and I gave him the name of my attorney and he called and then he called and said, he changed his attorney. This was somebody who's much smarter than me, of course. So he went with his own attorney and you know what, to me, it was almost like hands off. I didn't have that open line of communication with the attorney. So I didn't, it was, it was a little bit more difficult just because I didn't have a relationship with the attorney that he chose. I could talk to them and do whatever, but I didn't know him as well. I didn't know him at all. So I think it's important that people find those professionals they are comfortable with so that there can be a dialogue. Absolutely. That's great advice. Jinx. Is this valuable? Do you think this, this is, is so valuable, Bonnie? This is awesome. You're covering all of our bases. I just can't believe. I just looked at the clock. Like I can't believe how long we've been chatting. It's gone by really, really fast. No, it's time oh for my special God. questions. Unless Nagin has one additional question. 
No, I think honestly, Bonnie, this was great. And yeah. I appreciate your flexibility and just kind of like having a candid conversation today. Cause I think there's a lot of good wisdom there and everything that Absolutely. you shared. So thank you for that. Well, I think you guys are great. And I, even though I was flattered, I was ready to pass. Um, but you are so cute. Both of the, both of you. <laughs> so and professional. Uh. I mean, I probably shouldn't say that, but you are adorable and professional and You're cute smart. What'd you say? Uh, You're cute too. Okay. <laughs> well, you, you guys are great. So I thank you yeah, for we have three inviting more, me. The three more special questions. Oh, okay. I didn't get a text from you yet, John, saying that I'm like off color or, you know. No, you're doing good so far. I'm okay. kind of surprised. Okay. I'm just kidding. Really? <laughs> All right. So what are your surprise yeah, questions? Three special questions. The first one yeah. is easy. You have to have an opinion, even if you don't have an opinion. It is oh. Taylor Swift or Adele. Which one do you like <gasps> and why? That's a tough one. I actually, you know what? Did you watch the special the other night, Adele? Absolutely, I did. I loved her. I do love her. Yeah. She's so, good. you know, she's, she's, I think that she's really tries to be down to earth, even yeah. though it's hard for her to be down to earth. I think she tries and I think that she's painfully honest and I loved her eye makeup. There you go. Adele. Adele wins this round. Adele won that round. All right. Okay. Do we have another? Yep. Next question. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a kid? Um, what did I want to be? I don't really know what I wanted. I didn't have those kind of aspirations. Um, <laughs> I really didn't. You know, it's not like I wanted to be a rocket scientist. I, I said to my kids, you can be anything you want. You know what? You'd be a good person and you can do it all. And the sky is the limit. And I think I must have grown up with that same kind of, you know, I always tell people I have a, an older brother and a younger brother. And I, I always, we joke and we're very close, but my, my older brother, I always say was my mother's favorite. And my younger brother was my father's favorite. And I was the princess in the middle and I was loved by all. <laughs> so, uh, so that was my my role in life but then I got to a point where I just realized that I'm very all about sales which you know it is it is it is because you have such like you can sell anything with your personality so that I'm out. not sure about that there are plenty of people who would probably argue that point because I'm also at the point and I you can probably tell but you know what I do not surround myself with people that are unhappy people that are angry, people that are depressed, I kind of discard them, which is, <laughs> I do, because you know what, why? And I said to one of my kids yesterday when she was giving me more drama, like more drama about someone. And I said, you know what, this is a lesson I want you to learn now. You know, I didn't learn it till later, but you don't need to surround yourself with people who don't add something to your life. You know, right. people that are, you know, happy or upbeat or something it's like oh do you want to talk to somebody who wouldn't answer the phone how are you it's like no not today yeah. no not today so that's my thing. I don't I didn't really have aspirations to be anything other than happy like not a rocket scientist I didn't expect to do that um yeah I'd have to think about that one but I think I said the same thing to my kids you know what you can be anything you want you can do anything. That's great. Want. That's I, a great. I think that's how it should be, you know. Yeah. And hopefully they are well adjusted and do that. We hope. They seem like they are. I think they are actually. So I'm pleased about that. That was wonderful. Okay, last question. If you were sitting across from yourself ten years ago, what advice would you give yourself? I can't even say the one that I would say. I just can't. <laughs> well, now we really want to know. I really can't. Off off camera, I will okay. at some point. Um, yeah. I, you know, oh, that's another one. It's like, these are awfully reflective. It's like, that's oh my point, God. Man. I'm like, you know, I always say to people, if it's on my mind, it's on my tongue. So it's like, I'm not reflective. Like I say, you know what? I'm not that spiritual because everybody said you need a life altering event to be spiritual. 
And I thought, I don't want any of those life-altering events. No, I don't know, that <laughs> but I'm just saying, I don't know if I want any of those. So, you know, that direction. Um, what, you know what? I think I would have said what I'm, what I'm living, you know, just kind of That's great. happy and don't surround yourself. Um, you know, when I was in the investment business, and this probably holds true for real estate as well, to be honest with you. I mean, I used to get called in and say, you could be doing so much better than you are. And I was doing great. They just thought I could do greater, you yeah. know? And I just, you know what? The big thing for us in all of our lives is achieving balance. Right. And you Absolutely. do what's necessary to achieve balance. And so I did really well, but I didn't do superstar well, like superstar well. Yeah, it was much more important to me to have balance in my life. Uh, and I did well. That's what's so crazy. I did well, but they wanted me to do well, even better. Well so I think I would say to my, I would just say to myself, you know what, just live a full life, be happy, you know, raise great kids. And, you know, if you can make some money while you're doing it, then go for it. Is that I good? That. That's one. That's great advice. I'll take it. Was that? Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you okay. did fantastic, Bonnie. All right, you guys, it was a pleasure. And I wish you both a really, really happy holiday. Just imagine, McGee, next year's holiday is not going to be as solo as this one is. Tell me about it. It feels, yeah. yeah. I, got, I got a shirt, though, that says, not a food baby. So it's very clear. You know what? I was with an agent today. Um, yeah. She has triplets. Oh my God. I know. Can you imagine? I, I don't think I even know. I mean, I know plenty of twins, but this is triplets. Wow. It's like, you know, it makes having one a piece of cake. Um, anyway, John, son, have the have a blast. You too. In my I will. I'll have a blast. Thank you guys. Yes, really. Well. All right. Thank All you, right, Bonnie. Y'all. Okay. Have a Thank good day. You Thank you. Bye. Oh, I should take off the thing to wait, but I'm not. Um, okay. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye.